Grow Great, a leadership podcast. The role of safety in high-performance cultures. It's season 2021, episode 13. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here, coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Thanks for clicking play. The website is growgreat.com. Psychological safety. That's the common label for the kind of safety that we're going to speak about today. Now, of course, physical safety, that's equally paramount. Even in the brutal training of military special forces, safety during the training is stressed. You know, participants, they might feel as though they're going to die as they push themselves to never-before-experienced extremes, but there is this implicit sense that everybody around them, not going to let them fail, not going to let them fail to the point of serious injury or death, in spite of the fact that, yes, accidents sometimes do happen. But, you know, ditto for all of us in the workplace. Employees have to be provided a safe environment in which to perform, otherwise... Well, otherwise we're all going to be fearful, not able to perform. Now, unless, of course, we're professional athletes or police officers or firefighters or soldiers or I guess any number of other occupations that do have inherent and obvious risks. So today we're talking about psychological safety. It is the belief that you won't be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Psychological safety, really, well, a lack of it, explains why sometimes people, they don't do anything or they don't say anything. You know, too often apathy, it's not the result of anything more than people just enduring some ongoing discouragement. And as a result, we just become less and less safe. It's easier to just stand still. It's easier to just keep your mouth shut, not to do anything. Even if that can result in some chastisement, right? I mean, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. So, hey, why do something and risk some unfamiliar chastisement? Frontline workers are very often silenced because of fear and the reality that, you know, nobody wants to hear what they've got to say anyway. So why bother? Why bother? Well, trust. Trust is the real issue here. Team members do not trust the boss. The boss doesn't trust the team members. The team members may not trust each other. And the group, the group doesn't trust the guy who's trying to assume power or control. Well, he may call it leadership, desperately wanting to be in charge, but nobody trusts him, especially because he's so self-serving. People won't be honest. No, instead they'll be nice. And there's a difference in being nice and being kind. They are not the same thing. You know, friends, even enemies, they'll often be nice. The problem with nice, it's not helpful. Nice is telling you how sorry they are that you're experiencing something difficult. You know, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. They'll say, well, I have a question. Is that helpful? 
I mean, other than knowing somebody feels sorry for you. No, it's not terribly helpful. Kind, that's different. Kind might be, you know, I'm sorry you're having such a tough time. What are you thinking about doing to move forward? It's not hateful. It might be helpful. might provoke them to think about and articulate what maybe they'll be able to do to improve things or at least to start moving forward, especially if the conversation continues with some valuable back and forth in a judgment-free zone so that there's this clear emphasis on you know trying to help them figure out what's next. No dog in the hunt. No selfish motives. But, man, that's hard to get. That is really hard to get because selflessness in people who are willing and able to help us without trying to live our lives for us, hard. It's hard to come by. You know, people whose vested interest is just your very best. Our human capacity um, to work for and with one another, it's it's extraordinarily a high-value proposition, but too frequently I think all of us find it hard to accomplish because, well, we get in the way. And in a word, I have found it's pride that gets in the way. It's mostly pride that ruins things. Years ago, as I observed people, and I'm going to admit here, mostly men who clamored to be in charge, to be the boss, to be the one that made the decisions, I would watch the destruction of careers, uh, groups to which they belong, teams to which they were a member, organizations where they kind of maneuvered and operated. And I observed from the time I was a young man, the carnage that was created by ego and pride. I have a progression and I have used this for as long as I can remember. It was kind of mostly as a late teen and into my early twenties, it was mostly just kind of this internal thing that I don't know that I had really properly put language to it, but I pretty quickly in my twenties did put language to it. And it really, it's just five words. I call it a progression. The height of the progression is compassion. I'm going to put the diagram. Well, it's not a diagram as much as it's just an illustration over in the show notes, uh, over at the website, growgreat.com. Uh, the height is compassion. And it seems to me that without compassion, or at least the prospect of compassion, there's just no way to experience trust, the kind of trust that we need to feel and to know that we're safe. Disinterest. I mean, there's a universal experience, right? You have experienced moments of disinterest. I'm not talking about boredom. And I'm not just talking about your own disinterest, but there have been times that you have observed the disinterest that other people have in us, in some circumstance, some issue. Every human being craves being heard. Everybody craves being seen. That doesn't mean that we're all equal in that craving. You know, some of us crave being heard by as many people as possible, and others of us just crave being heard by one important person. Yeah, Instagram, for instance, is a platform that proves that some of us are seeking to be seen by millions of people, which well, frankly, would make somebody like me cower um, because I don't, I don't crave that. I crave being respected by the people that I most love and care about. 
trust. Our individual and collective desire to know that what we say and what we do, and I'm not talking about bad behavior. I'm not talking about being disrespectful. I'm not talking about us acting colossally selfish and being destructive. I'm talking about just the choices that we make though, in our life, the desire to say what we would like to say and to do what we would most like to do. They're not going to be held against us forever. We want to know that even if we do manage our way kind of into the doghouse, That is, we're accountable because, okay, if we do get it wrong and if we are foolish and even if we are stupid, but we trust that other people are going to let us and help us figure the way out of the doghouse. And, man, that's a great thing, right, to help each other move forward. Now, in contrast, most of us know too well, we know how many people surround us who are anxious for us to fail. In fact, hungry hungry for us to get it wrong. And some are even excited if we, through ignorance or stupidity, find our way into the doghouse. And others, you know, they can figure out why. I have my theories, but why we behave that way. But frankly, they're all boiled down into that one word, pride. It is the enemy of humility. By the way, in that progression that I alluded to, I talked about it in the last podcast, so I'm not going to belabor it here, but the first word, the foundational word, the foundational thing is humility. High performance is fueled by safety, not fear. High performance is fostered by knowing that somebody has our back as opposed to, well, somebody with a knife aimed at our back. High performance is manifested in groups of people who are capable of discussion, debate, and, yes, disagreement because they seek the ideal outcome both individually and collectively. In a phrase, they trust each other. They lean on each other. They value each other. Every single time in my life that I have seen a dysfunctional or an ineffective or an inefficient group, a team, or an organization, I've seen blatant disrespect. I've seen where some or all members lack trust. And I've absolutely positively seen where they just don't value each other. They don't care about each other. No, instead, they're quick to judge, and they're even quicker to assume the worst and to rely on contentions to express themselves. You know, it's corny. But it's absolutely true for groups and teams. It's true for families, too. If my end of the boat sinks, so does yours. Foolish people don't think so. No, they continue to listen to their pride. And they make everything about them. You know, their eagerness to put themselves forward, it's obvious. It's obvious to the group. Safety, if it ever did exist, erodes. Conflict, that often follows because, well, pride fosters pride. I mean, if he's going to try to take charge, then I'm going to fight to be in charge too. Dejection. There's the result. And very quickly, apathy creeps in. Well, it may sweep in because people give up or they give in. All the creativity, all the innovation, all the input, all the communication, all the collaboration, the cooperation, that stops. We shut down. 
we bail out, we disengage. Our short-term, our ideal short-term option in such circumstances is simply to endure so we can move on. And for some, well, we just want to get away as fast as we can. Good people are lost. Potentially good people are stymied, you know, hindered from making any progress that they desire. And tactics, well, they don't work. They may appear to help, but they're not going to stick because, well, they're tactical. They're not being genuine. Now, what matters is humility and concern. Truth is, people have to care. People have to care about others. They have to care about the group. They have to care about the team. They have to care about the organization. And if they don't, you can't fake it. The hard part, the really hard part, is influencing people to care. How can you help somebody care who doesn't? I only know to put forth compelling reasons, arguments, if you please, that can prove the value of caring. But you know, like most things, caring is a choice. And some people choose not to care. Well, except about themselves. I wish I could tell you today that I have discovered some ways to convert people like that, but I haven't. Because mostly I have found that, well, I found it's most valuable to just part ways with people like that. I mean, get them off the team, get out of that group, remove yourself, you know, opt out to find something that's more suitable, an environment where you can thrive. So I encourage you, if you hold authority, if you hold position, if you have a title that makes you the boss, let me encourage you to tread really carefully with your authority. Step up to the leadership, knowing that, you know, being the boss and being a leader, really different things. Now, we may not choose our boss, but we all choose who we're going to follow. And we follow the people who help us feel safe. We follow the people who we know have our best interest at heart. We follow those people who make us feel safe enough to follow them, to strive to be more than what we currently are, and to express our view of what we feel like needs to happen so we can improve. Leaders, leaders who will help us realize that we have an integral part to play in our own lives, a part to play that can make us feel respected and heard and seen and valued. You know, the bottom line is we want to know that we matter. And bosses who impose their will at every turn, they discount us. They tread on our dignity. They weaken our confidence in them and in the organization. And if we're not careful... Yeah, they will weaken our confidence in ourselves. So to every leader that I have ever coached, I repeat a few foundational truths, and chief among them is this one. It's not about you. It's about them. Ideal leadership is selfless. It is focused on doing whatever must be done, whatever can be done, to serve those who are looking at us to show them the way. In a single word, it is service. And by the way, the word service is not preceded with the word self. Thanks again for clicking play. The website is growgreat.com. 
helping leaders establish and sustain high-performance cultures in their careers, their teams, and their organizations. What do I do? I serve leaders in business and in city government. You can find out more, see all kinds of good stuff, free stuff, over the website growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.